Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph, and I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And today is a really funky episode because this is the Wellness Guys Gone Wild. This is going to be where we actually bear it all and tell you our secrets. What do you think, guys? Who's going to start telling the secret of our lives? I reckon I might start today. I like telling dirty secrets. It's great. Um, so we're <laughs> really excited about this. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. I actually, I actually talk about this quite a lot, actually. I like telling people about what I used to do because it gives people a bit of an idea. You just like talking about yourself. That's I do. Yeah. I do like talking about myself. But <laughs> people get the idea that just because you're kind of into health and wellness and just because you like to learn about food and all that sort of stuff, and you like to share information with people that you're actually perfect. And even more so that you've always been perfect. Um, and it's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not true. As I you have a mucus yeah. like, plug it's good, isn't in it? the back of your throat. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was saying to Damo earlier, you know, one of the things I used to do is I actually used to work in a hardware store. And uh, so when I was, uh, you know, going through the last little bits of school and right through my university course, I actually worked. And I actually took a year off after school and worked full time at the hardware store too. Man, you and, um when I, when I had that year where I was working full-time, I was kind of right in that hardware store mode, you know, the sort of tradey mode. And my typical lunch on, when I was doing that was a pie, a pasty, a 1.25-litre soft drink, um, and often a Mars bar as well. Was it caffeinated? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes caffeinated, sometimes not. You were in flying. So, uh, yeah, flying. Yeah, for about uh, an hour. And then <laughs> crash. The day, just crashing and Ooh. burning. Yeah. Yeah, which was usually when I headed to the pub and drank too much alcohol. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was my life as a, uh, as a hardware store worker. And, uh, and it wasn't a particularly healthy one. I didn't exercise much either. I, uh, I used to sort of, I think I played indoor cricket once a week. And I exercise. Um, so I didn't have a great uh, muscle mass. I wasn't, uh, wasn't the fittest guy in the world. And um, and just wasn't very healthy, you know. I would uh, lots of coughs and colds, and but um, you still managed to get married and have a baby. Still managed to get married and have a baby. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? How's that? I know. What well, you, it's actually it's actually when I was right in the middle of that phase. <laughs> it's actually probably where I met my wife. Wow! I actually met my wife at the Planet Nightclub in Adelaide <laughs> on Fifty Cent Beer Night. <laughs> really? Yeah. Excellent. Fifty Cent Schooner. Something that we're very proud of. Bet loves telling that story. It's I great. Bet. Yeah, I bet. So about you, Dave, mate? What are you up to? Well, look, we all have Cinderella stories, but you know how. Luke Skywalker, he was never, a, he wasn't a Jedi when he was first found. Like, he was an orphan. Not that I'm saying that I was an orphan, and I'm not saying that I was ever left with my auntie and uncle to be raised in the desert. And I was never picked up by C3PO or Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, that never happened to me. But when I left home, um, I knew how to cook one meal, and that was it. And um, it was spaghetti bolognese. And my spaghetti bolognese consisted of just the meat, a packet of French uh, chicken, no, what is it, uh, French onion soup. Nice. Yeah, how good is that? Nice. Um, usually Tabasco sauce and often I whack in there, you know, like a jar of puree tomatoes or something. And that was my bolognese sauce. And I used to, you know, just have a whole packet of spaghetti. But that was my good meal. That was the healthy <laughs> meal that I had. So that was the one that I knew how to cook. That was the one that I knew I could really pull off and impress everyone with. And it was so salty. Well, I think back to it now. So when you, when you had girlfriends around, is that what you pulled out? That was well, like I didn't have any dish. girlfriends. Right? I was like, I was, I, 
I was, I was so bad, and I went to like share my my dirty secret about food in a second. But I was so bad. I, I'm sure that if any girl saw what I was doing with food, I had no chance. <laughs> no chance at all. It was a shocker. So I'd start the day, um, and my bowl would be a massive bowl, like a pasta sized bowl, probably the biggest of the time. So um, let's take take us back to like 1992. Yeah. Um, of rice bubbles and full cream milk around about maybe a quarter to half of a two-litre container of milk and maybe a dessert spoon of sugar, sometimes two, right? So much so that the sugar would still be on the bottom of the bowl at the end of it and I would scrape that sugar off. Oh, nice. But that was after I'd refilled the bowl with more rice bubbles because there was still milk left over, right? This is actually sounding really familiar, except I used to do wheat picks. Basically the exact same breakfast, including the sugar sprinkled over the top, including the sugar that ended up in the bottom of the bowl and got (laughs) eaten. I hated wheat picks. That was shocking. That's why you put sugar on it. Terrible. Well, I got from there, like, that, that was pretty sweet. Well, then... I was usually not feeling too good, by, you know, by mid morning, and I would go get myself a strawberry donut, big one with a strawberry big M, right? Healthy, right? It's got fruit in it. That's right, strawberries and uh, and a Mars bar, and so that was my morning tea. And I, and because I at this, at this time actually it must be nineteen ninety three because I had left uni at this stage because I wasn't doing very well at accounting. I think I was in my second year or first year, so I wasn't you know certainly wasn't thriving in accounting that I was going to go work for Maya. And so I was working for Maya in the, uh, the back area where you unpacked boxes and stuff. And my lunch was typically a, a, a big 600 thin mil of uh, Pepsi Max. Uh, you know, I had to go sugar-free. Only 600 mils? Well, it was just pe- a little one. But it was the sugar-free one, right? <laughs> so I, be, you know, sugar-free. I was trying to look after myself. I too would get a pie. So I'd have a pie and usually maybe a pasty. Um, sometimes... Um, very occasionally, I would get a couple of hot dogs. Uh, and then just to have, I always had desserts, so I had a snot block. I loved snot blocks back in those days. It's a snot block. It's a snot block. Yeah. You don't know what a snot block is? No idea. Is. No idea. Vanilla, vanilla slice. Really? You never heard of it? Wow. No. <laughs> vanilla slice, right? It's the, it's the pastry at the bottom, then thick custard, then pastry on the top with icing on top of that, with icing sugar on top of that. That was my dessert, right? And then I would go on my way back, I'd go get a milkshake from Wendy's. And so I'd have my milkshake. <laughs> and then I'd, like, I'd be really hungry and grumpy in the afternoon, like I was the guy that no one wanted to speak to. And I would finish up at Maya, get out from Maya and, uh, and bowl time, usually cook up some pasta. I'd just get a big fat steak and maybe three or 400 grams worth of steak, and I'd barbecue the life out of this thing. <laughs> so much so that if I dropped it on the ground, it would bounce back hard, right? And uh, after it had dipped the floor, and then I, um, and, and with that, I'd have a, like a continental spaghetti carbonara sort of thing, and I'd pour that over the top, and that was my dinner. And then I always had, you know, three or four or five scoops of um, Buller. Or Peter's ice cream, like to you know, no. send me off to bed, and that was my diet. I reckon you just described the whole day with not a single fruit or vegetable in the whole lot. That's awesome. How's, That's impressive. How's my carb load though? Yeah. I was getting heaps of energy. Yeah, like, I, 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 was, I was getting heaps of energy, heaps and heaps of fuel going in my body. I wasn't fat though. Did you Definitely. actually do any exercise to actually burn that energy off? Would you do any sport? Yeah, I was surfing most days. Uh, days, and I also. 
I'd come off a good base. So this is back in the days when I was, you know, I was cycling a lot. I was running a lot, swimming a lot. Um, I'd competed in a couple of triathlons, and so I knew that I was, you know, I was I was coming up a really, really good base, and played footy and all that sort of stuff. So I was fit, but I was I was rapidly getting unfit and rapidly getting unhealthy. But I was losing weight by eating all that food, and so that tells me I was malnourished. Yeah, like I was getting all that food into me, all that fuel into me. Like you can't call it food. But I was getting all that fuel into me, but I was losing weight because I was malnourished. Yeah. So I was uh, I was getting sick, and that's that was before I got chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. <laughs> well, I can't imagine why. Well, how, I don't know how I got chronic. So I got that energy. You know why me? You know those are the sort of questions I would ask myself. Why did I get chronic fatigue syndrome? Well, what about Lawrence? Do you think Lawrence is just perfect? Yeah, I reckon. Well, Lawrence has got that porcelain skin thing going. <laughs> <laughs> You look at Lawrence and you go, you have to knock him on the head to see if he, he's actually real because he looks like one of those little China dolls. Yeah. <laughs> China as in porcelain. You know? oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, so. No, I'm, yeah, you're right, guys. I actually was perfect. I don't have any secrets. <laughs> no, um, uh, back in the day, I guess, uh, you know, my breakfast consisted of, you know, very similar thing. Um, I used to eat a lot of um, what's called mini wheats back in Canada. And so I'm not sure you had it. It's basically like shredded wheat. Um, or Weetabix here in Australia, but it's coated with an icing sugar um, on it. And that was my breakfast usually. And I used to drink heaps of milk. I used to probably go through, you know, a liter or two liter of milk a day or within a two, couple of days for sure. How'd you go with that? Because, I mean, oh, I won't interrupt, but we, oh, yes, I will. <laughs> Asian people, I thought, didn't have adequate enough enzymes to break down lactose and things like that. So how did you go with that? Um, you know, I, I was I was bloated a lot. Um, I had uh, quite a bit of uh, skin issues, um, not massively, but I did have some skin issues. Um, so you can imagine me, you know, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell, but you know, I used to be a, quite a bit of a nerd. No, I was a huge no, I was a huge nerd through high school and uh, big glasses. You know, typical. Big glasses and uh, Asian kid. And, uh, Did you really? Oh, it was huge, yeah. I, I actually don't have much photos of, uh, of of those times. I think I burned them all. I think we should put them on the website for our fans. I think I, wanna, I actually want to see one of those, uh, those Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. That's great. I, I'm gonna try, I've been trying to dig it up for a while, but it's back in Canada. And uh, I tried my parents to uh, dig them up so I can actually post it somewhere <laughs> to embarrass myself. But it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty shocking. And uh, there's not many photos. So there's it's a very uh, rare find. It's uh, probably an antique uh, photo somewhere that's going to be auctioned off for a lot of money later in the future <laughs> but, uh, um you know and then we used to go to <clears throat> go to school and uh you know you know mom if you're listening to this you know no offense but your lunch was terrible right <laughs> so, <laughs> used to be used to be uh, uh two slices of bread and, and, and a piece of ham in it in between and that was about it no butter nothing you know it was just it was just that and so you resorted to kind of buying you know maybe stealing some food from friends i remember my one one of the good things my parents did well though was that we didn't really have much um or candy or lollies in in, in our in our house so we never ate a lot of sweets and um but i remember when i was in elementary school there used to be you know the kids would do you guys did you guys have fruit roll-ups yeah yeah so oh actually probably not no flat, uh, flat ones. Real yeah. fruit, flat out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get you to have yeah. the real fruit, and they roll it up in the, in the thing, and you peel it off. And and I used to beg kids for like you know like a like a tiny corner of that because that's that's all I would ever get uh, um, from um, 
pleasures as a child because <laughs> I never got anything from my mom. And oh, so, I feel so sad. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a sad story. It's a sad story. Really quite emotional about it. <laughs> <laughs> but when in high school, you can you know they have the cafeteria, and I remember used to buying. I used to buy um, those. Uh, sure you guys wouldn't have here they call it jamaican pies in canada and they're basically like a um, sort of like a, a footy pie here but it's a pastry pie with some meat in it and it's uh, colored yellow because <laughs> that's exactly what it's supposed to be like right it's all painted yellow and so i used to have about a bag of doritos a day pretty much every single day in high school you guys you have doritos here right yeah, we definitely yeah. doritos. Yeah. yeah, Cool Ranch. Uh, you don't have Cool Ranch here, but people listening in Canada and, and America, you you understand Cool Ranch. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was it's it actually reminded you know what Cool Ranch Doritos. Later on, in my years when I went back to chiropractic college, um, when we went to dissect cadavers, that's exactly what Cool Ranch smells like. Bird Cool what, Ranch. What does it what does it smell like, mate? You cut out there for a sec. Oh, sorry. When we went to when we went to cadaver labs. Um, and so oh, it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, we used to, you know, well, yeah. with the, and this gets a bit yeah, disgusting. So, oh, there's nothing. Oh, yeah. That's a really ordinary you smell. Formaldehyde. Yeah, formaldehyde. And so, you know, when you burnt, uh, yeah, sorry, this is disgusting for anybody who want to listen. If you don't want to turn it off, that's fine. Just turn it off for a few seconds. But we used to, when you used to cut the bones, when you had to, you know, cut bones to see the inside of the bones, that burnt smell is exactly what uh, Cool Ranch Dorito smelled like. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. disgusting. Did you have drills? Yeah, yeah, we had some uh, uh, electric saws. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had hand saws. Yeah, us too. Yeah, we had like we had hand saws. They're pretty revolting. Oh, we should move on from that. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, we should move on from that before we yeah, lose our whole entire audience. audience. There's another conversation. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that that was uh, you know that was my my uh, high school years, and uh, you know at university we I went away from university and I moved away from home, so we kind of had to fend for ourselves. You know, I remember I didn't know how to make mac and cheese; <laughs> that was pretty bad. Kraft macaroni and cheese I could not make, so we invented you know pretty much like yourself. We had pasta and uh, sauce, you know, tomato sauce, and that was probably the easiest thing you you could make. It's you know boil some water, put some pasta in, and uh, heat up the sauce, and that was it. So that was my life. So it was huge carb loads uh, as a kid and uh, definitely a lot of milk and, and those kinds of nasty foods. How did we get to here then? Like how do you end up being – I want to know what was your moment, Lawrence, when uh, you were you descended from above to come down to here to tell us, you know, when did you get resurrected? <laughs> about your halo moment oh, my halo moment um, <laughs> <laughs> where is that coming from um, <laughs> i i you know i think things turned around for me um you know i, I if we haven't lost the audience now like who are these guys you know listening to us you know tell our secrets and who are these guys telling us how to eat properly now but you know we turned it around we changed our lives and uh, for me personally i started getting the message um correctly well probably from two fronts number one I um, was one of my best friends and uh, my best man at my wedding, um, Gary. He um, he was a he was a rugby player, and uh, he worked at a lot. And uh, you know we were great mates. And, and one of the things that we used to do when university, we used to cook dinner together, so we would save time. So we can <laughs> so we can actually prepare our meals and watch Friends and and uh, Seinfeld, you know, during university days. And he 
because of obviously being in rugby and um, and working out a lot, he actually had some you know had some insights on nutrition. <laughs> he used to make us cook a lot of veg- vegetables and stuff, and that kind of set things up. But really, when things turned around for me was when I went to chiropractic college. Uh, when I started learning a lot about nutrition, uh, not from the teachers, but more just from the lifestyle of what chiropractic. Um, the chiropractic lifestyle was about in terms of life and and how our body functions from intern from you know inside out, and that started began the journey of actually looking into um, different types of food and actually how it affects me and how it affects energy wise. And that was sort of my probably my mid twenties uh, before I started to you know recognizing things changing that I, that the food that I used to eat and consume. At, at a young age, you know, when I was about, you know, 18 or 19, I could not cope anymore in my mid-20s. And that started affecting me. And I know when I hit my 30s, for sure, those those types of food just doesn't, you know, translate into my body and, and actually be able to adapt to it very well. And I just got no energy when when, uh, when you start eating foods like that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we, we talk about the, the four different phases of learning. I don't know if you've heard about this before, Lawrence, where they talk about, you know, the first phase is, um, unconscious incompetence, which is, means you don't know what you don't know. And then the second phase of that is conscious incompetence, which it sounds like you kind of went through where you started to realize that actually maybe what I'm doing, maybe what I'm eating isn't so healthy. Maybe it's not working very well for me. Mm-hmm. And then you start to move towards conscious competence, which means that you, you're doing it right, but you have to really think about it. Like you have to really concentrate. You have to really be focused to actually do it right. And then you kind of eventually get to the stage where maybe we're getting a bit closer to now where it's unconscious competence. But it's actually that, you know, without even having to think about it, you start doing it right. It just becomes a habit and it becomes it's that kind of journey I think you go through, isn't it, from, from just doing it all wrong to starting to realize that, it's well, maybe this isn't the best way to do it and that you start to make some changes. Yeah, so, definitely. So, Lawrence, obviously we've found out about why you changed, but what did you actually do to change? What were the first steps you took to change your lifestyle from what it was towards what it is now? I think the, the first thing of any change is recognizing that you're doing something wrong. So that's, you know, awareness is the first thing. And, um, you know, I started being aware that I was, in, I was waking up tired. Um, I was uh, sluggish. And uh, even, you know, with pro- eight hours of sleep, I'll be waking up absolutely tired. And also, you know, eating, eating food, you know, at lunchtime will crash an hour later. Those are the things that, you know, made me aware that I wasn't performing at my best. So that's number one. The second thing I started changing was I started looking into uh, food first because I felt that uh, food was sort of the, the, the culprit of, of my problems. And I started looking at, you know, the amount of sugars I was having and uh, specifically changing that and starting eating more whole foods and live foods. And that's what I, that kind of made me chat. And that went into my path of, you know, went into, you know, becoming a vegetarian and, um, you know, doing a couple of other things. And I know I'm about now back eating meat, but, you know, went through that whole cycle of journey. And it's probably been a journey for the last um, a good, you know, 10 years now, uh, going through the cycle of actually discovering myself and actually making an effort to actually changing my lifestyle and starting with food. Right. So that's pretty good. I mean, it's a good place to start is food. And most people would start with food, wouldn't they? Oh, they might start with yeah. water. Maybe they might start drinking water, which is a good place to start. But um, starting to recognize your food and what's actually not right in your diet is, is I reckon, it's a, a good spot. So that's good. It's interesting we went to vegetarianism, LT. That's um, obviously that we've spoken about extremes. Like we've gone extreme, full-on bad eating tonight. So you then talk about going extreme full on, I'm going vegetarian. Like I'm going the other extreme. And then, of course, we know that Bredo 
is the other extreme. Like he's gone back to caveman days and is doing paleo. So, Bredo, what was the thing that was your catalyst? What did, actually, not the catalyst. What did you change? What did I change? I think the first thing I changed was actually similar to Lawrence. It was the food. I started realizing that what I was eating just wasn't fueling my body very well and that I was getting tired all the time. I was getting sick all the time. It just wasn't working for me. Um, and I one of the one of the other catalysts that helped me change was actually going to see a chiropractor as well, and he was doing some uh, some tests on me and just saying that my body just wasn't responding well, and it was because I was just on way too much sugar. Um, and so he got me on this hardcore diet that was just like no sugar, no carbs, no anything that I did for three weeks, and felt great, just mm. completely changed. And I wasn't able to stick to it. <laughs> and, and it's funny that what I thought was such a hardcore diet back then is probably pretty close to what I actually eat now. Yeah. But back then, it was like the most crazy, hardcore, out there diet. Like, this guy was just loopy, but uh, hey, somehow it kind <laughs> of worked. vegetables. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so that's what I did. I just started to change my diet and started to eat a lot less sugar, eat a lot less carbs. I drank a lot more water. Um, and all of a sudden, I stopped getting sick all the time, started having a bit more energy, um, it was so much more productive. That's the biggest thing I noticed is I started actually getting stuff done. And, uh, and it was fantastic. It really made a big difference. And I'm just probably the same as Lawrence as well in that it's probably taken, you know, over the last 12 years, just gradually sort of one bit at a time. Like it definitely didn't change overnight. But what I did was I kind of did that hardcore start and then I was able to go, okay, there's something in that. And then I started sort of gradually implementing bits of that into my lifestyle sort of bit by bit. And, uh, and eventually it's been a huge change. Amazing, hey? Yeah. That extreme stuff. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. So what about you, Damo? What made you change? Where was your light bulb? Well, my light bulb was my mum. She actually turned the light bulb on in my bedroom and said, Damien, you've been asleep for a couple of days. Get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was my light bulb. Oh, mum, you know, you give me some snakes. Oh, that was the other thing I didn't tell you about. I used to eat a packet of snakes a day. Whoa. Wow. And now why I ate a packet of snakes is because... Um, at that time, I, I had a I was doing multi level marketing, and it was one of those things that would increase my BV and my PV, right? So I'd buy snakes and I'd buy a bag for every day. Wow! Because it increased my I, I get a bigger return each month. You know, you know what's interesting about the snakes is my dad is a bit of a sugar lover and likes his lollies, and he's turned completely off of them because mm. what he had was a bag of snakes, and he left it in the sun. Oh! And so what happened was they all melted. And I just went into this one gelatinous cake, cake like just all cake. different multi-colours, and it just looked absolutely gross. That sounds amazing. It looks so... Never going to eat them anymore. Really? And just stopped. How cool is that? Well, that's amazing. What I've found with you two blokes, and you're obviously a fair bit more special than what I am, is that you, re- you realised it yourself. It actually took your own um, knowledge and innate intelligence to tell you you're doing the wrong thing, and you listen to your body. Well, I had no idea what was going on with my life, my body. I went and saw heaps of people. It was mum actually took me to a naturopath, and he said, you know what, Damien, you're sick, and it's because of your diet. And he said, your acid-alkaline balance is out of whack. You're too reason why you're sick, and we need to make you more alkaline. And I've gone, Okay. <laughs> is that red ink or black ink? Because you know, I was studying accounting, like this health thing meant nothing to me, and it was it was hard enough. Like at, at the age of nineteen years old, um, going to see a naturopath. It was kind of kooky, wacky, crazy back in nineteen ninety three, right? Yeah, yeah. Of, he saw a naturopath. wasn't wasn't going to be me. Well, I went and saw this naturopath, and he said, from now on, you need to eat more vegetables, more fruits, more salads, more good quality proteins, more good quality fats, and then cut out all the junky stuff. And he gave me a ratio of, he said, I want you to eat 70% of your diet coming from this list and 20% of your diet coming from this list and 10% of your diet coming from this list. And that, he said, would get my body more alkaline and I'd feel better. And so, and so what was your first reaction? Well, 
I said to mum, like the first thing I said, mum, I can't afford to do this. And she said, well, I'll pay. And that was the clincher. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't think I can't do it? You didn't look at those foods and go, I'm not eating those. They're not going to be fun. They're not going to taste good or anything like that. Because a lot no. of people tend to. No, like that hadn't even crossed my mind. And I, I had no idea how I was going to cook this stuff. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I, at that point in time, I didn't know how to boil an egg. You know, I'd, I'd pretty much most of the time I put water on to cook pasta. I had to do it a second time because the water boiled dry. So I was that bad of a cook that uh, I had no idea what I was going to do. But I, that I'd, I'd seen mum experiment with food when I was um, younger and saw her mix all you know different flavours and herbs and ingredients. And, of course, when you're doing an alkaline-style eating program, there's no sources. Yeah. There's no added stuff. And you're not having tomato, so I'm not having tomato-based stuff. I was having good quality proteins and good quality, you know, fruits and veggies, and that's how I got it all together. So that was what I changed. Actually, I also had to drink lots of water, so because quite clearly I wasn't drinking any water at all. My brother used to drink water all the time. I go, that's disgusting. I don't know how you drink that stuff. You know, fish poo in that. And, you know, so <laughs> I, just, I, I reckon you touched on a really important point there, which is, and we've all sort of mentioned the same thing, and we see it in our practice members and people all the time is when people go to make these changes, they don't know how, they don't know where to start. And so it's like you're not sure how to cook different food. You don't have the recipes. You don't have the resources. You're not sure how to do different exercise. Like how do I do it? What technique do I use? What exercises should I do? And so it is really just about making the decision that you're going to do it and then kind of experimenting a bit, trying to figure it out as you go along. And you might use some healthcare practitioners to help you give you some of that advice. Mm. But a lot of it is just about giving it a go and just trying it out and a bit of trial and error. And all of a sudden you start realising that where you thought you were actually really limiting yourself by not eating these certain foods, what you've actually done is you've opened yourself up to this whole other array of foods. You've actually got lots of choices and you can still make lots of yummy stuff and do lots of cool things. It's just different to what you did before. It's not harder, it's not worse, it's not less tasty, it's just different. That's so true. And I'm often, you know, my biggest, I re- it is probably my biggest challenge in practice is when somebody says to me, I don't need a recipe book. Yeah. You know, and I think to myself, you know what, why don't you just get the fruit, get the veggies, get the salads, play with it a little bit. You're not going to be on MasterChef in the next two weeks. So just, you know, give it a red hot go yeah. and see what you can create. You know, don't don't rely on what someone else has learned to then go and teach you. Teach yourself because then it becomes part of you. Yeah, yeah. I actually go one step. I actually do have a couple of cookbooks in the practice. I've got a couple of really good ones, and I actually tend to, to give them and sell them. Oh, you're heaps nicer than me. No, but I do. I do. But my thing, and, and I've, I've got my own cookbook, you know, that I give people. So, yeah. and, you know, so I, I definitely do that. But my thing is that I reckon people should really go out and yeah, just play with it, you know. Yeah. Like you were two years old again, go play with your food for a little bit. Experiment with some textures, experiment with some flavors, learn what it's all about again. Just, you know, get back into the mess of it and just muck around. Don't worry about trying to please um, George Columbaris or, you know, <laughs> Matt Preston. They're not coming around to your house. Just, yeah. all you've got to do is play with some new flavors, get it wrong, get it right, work out what you like, what you don't like, and go from there. Yeah, and look, if you're really trying to get healthy, Matt Preston might not be the one you're aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might not be. Although I do know that Matt has actually lost a bit of weight recently. Is he so awesome? Yeah, That's great. Right. I'll take it back. He hasn't done down. He hasn't done downsize me yet, but uh, he's definitely he's definitely cooking a bit better. I think that's good. That's good to hear. I think also too, guys. It's starting with you know small things. You know, don't have to go extravagant. I remember you know you guys talking about water. I remember I never drink. 
I, I really didn't drink any water at all. I remember Karen, when I first met her, she used to th- call me like the camel because I would not drink any water. All I drank was like juices and, you know, maybe Coke and whatever. And she c- just couldn't understand how I could not drink any water throughout the whole entire day. And um, it was not until later that I started, you know, drinking water, replacing a glass of juice with water. And uh, so that's, you know, just doing something like that, very small things, just doing, replacing something with another, like an orange juice or Coke and replace it with water, that could change you. And slowly every day, and I know Brett talks about in his book, you know, do it one day at a time in 30 days, you know, you all of a sudden your taste bud changes and you actually start to enjoy it. Yeah. And you start to notice the changes as well, don't you? You start to feel better. You start to notice you've got more energy and it really reinforces it. It makes you feel good about that decision. It makes it easier to take the next step and make the next decision as well. So yeah, good points, Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. So summary for today's episode and today's show is basically we're not perfect. We all started with you know bad habits and we have our secrets. We laid it out for you and um, you know we, we turned it around and that means that so can you too. So one of the things that you want to be – number one, you have to have awareness that you want to change. Number two is you got to have some sort of plan or at least start somewhere. So just start, play – you know like Daniel said, just start doing something. And uh, number three, do it for – find an inspiration we go back to your you know i think the first one of the first two episodes that we did and uh, listen to that and find that inspiration and do it and number four listen to the wellness guy show every single week <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> gotta get that cheeky plug in i like it of course of course all right well that's a fantastic episode guys i hope you got a lot out of it um and you know like as always join us each week on the on the website at the wellnessguys.com make sure you leave your comments below this episode and tell us what you think and more importantly like us on facebook follow us on twitter and sign up for notices of each episode and download us on iTunes. So until next week, begin creating wellness in your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show.